Russ. Hey, Tony. And, and what's new, man? What's um, going on? I uh, I got a voice endectomy. A voice endectomy. You yeah. sound sexy as hell. Oh man! I um, so the pollen grabbed my vocal cords and just shook them down a couple octaves. So it reminded me of that Barry White bit when he was on Letterman, like the top ten things that sound sexy when spoken by Barry White. And does it I, have to do with a uh, fireplace or a bare rug? No, it's like um, you got to remember this is like the '90s, right? So it's like uh, Pataki, Jazzercise, gubernatorial. And then I and then I then I had one from today. I was like, what would be a word from today if Barry White was still with us? And I was like, oh, I got it. <clears throat> Bukake. <laughs> We've avoided the explicit tag for eight years. <laughs> it's amazing no one's tagged us. Um, but true, yeah. Yeah. So hey, it's COVID to see you. It's COVID to see you too. <laughs> That's the what one. have you been um uh what uh, what have you been watching on your television? <sighs> oh man, uh, all of the live sports. Oh yes, like broom ball and uh, cornhole, corn quarantine hole. I'm, I'm not kidding. There was no audience. The contestants were in masks, and it was like the grand championship of, of cornhole. And I'm like, this is live somewhere on the internet. I could bet on this. You, I, I remember I posted about playing ten thousand games of horse with my son, and that's more like thirty thousand now. And you said there were horse contests on ESPN. Yeah, there there was. I it evidently didn't do good because they stopped it. But they oh, ran man. like four episodes. Uh, and here was the problem. It's the production value. It's janky. And it's cutting seconds out because cell signal strength or they're too far from their Wi-Fi router because they're in their driveway. Athletes, they're professional athletes. They're just like us. Um, oh, it was professional athletes. I thought it was like no. top golf champions doing horse or no, something. No, so you had like two NBA All-Stars from their houses like doing shots, calling each other out. And it was great, except you couldn't get a consistent signal strength. And then you had an ESPN commentator, like moderating it, which right. was just dumb. Yeah. Um, but no, no, I, I have crushed Ozark. Um, Waco. Waco is really good. Uh, very sad. And it makes me want to research all the things about Waco because the way it's presented, it's based on the novelist uh, from the, from the um, negotiator who was there. And, ATF was trying to overcome Ruby Ridge and they figured if they just flex their muscle, everything will go well. I, I need to do more research about what the hell happened there. Uh, obviously, um, Trolls 2, Electric Boogaloo. Um, what obviously. else? Oh, I started watching Fantasy Island, uh, the new Blumhouse feature that was in movie theaters before everything went to shit. I have 30 minutes left in that. What about you? What have you binged? Does it, does it go without saying that you watch Tiger King? Oh, uh, yeah, that was early. That was early quarantine. Where you been, man? That's early quarantine fodder. Listen, I, I don't watch anything. Like, I watch Tiger King, and other than that, I'm pretty much going through, like, Netflix cooking shows and things about chefs uh, because I I have no emotional bandwidth for anything that's, like, trying to stress me out or be dramatic. I, uh, I understand that, but I think I need some form of controversy in my brain to take my mind off of, you know, the death that is surrounding us all. We're coming up on a Sanford stadium, a full Sanford stadium of death. And you think about for every one of those people, their friends and family. And, and, and that to me is just mind boggling. It, and so I think I need a little bit of extreme violence that's fictional or non-fictional and just like, but distract me. So yeah, as a distraction, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I uh, did have a, a Zoom call with my psychiatrist earlier in the week. Mm -hmm. That was good. She's she's like, so you asked me up your meds a couple weeks ago, so I did. I was going to say psychiatrist or therapist. Not therapist, psychiatrist. Uh, she gets oh, yeah, me meds. She can she can up your meds. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> so I, I I you know when called in like a month ago, I'm like, I think it'd be a good idea for my medication to go up right now. And so like a couple emails back and forth, like no problem, prescriptions in. But Dr. Uh, we'll call her Dr. Dorman. Dr. Dorman would like to see you a few weeks early. Is that okay? I'm like, sure. I remember picking up the meds and just feeling like the placebo effect of going, oh, okay. I'm going to be okay. And then the actual meds kick in. I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm, oh, man, this feels so good. I'm back to almost normal. So when she calls, we're having a Zoom therapy session. She's like, so tell me, why did you want to get your meds up? I'm like, well, besides everything, and I went through like the other things that have been going on. She's like, oh yes, you did a good job. 
Good job. We're going to give you a gold star for the day. Good job, you. Here's a medicinal treat. Yeah. Here's some head pills. Here's some hand candy for you. Um, so, yeah. And you're checking in with your guy, right? Every two weeks? Yeah. Every two weeks. I. <clears throat> it's funny because um, I have to dig real deep to 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 identify or find things that happened. Because it'll be like, well, it's been two weeks. Um, every day is the same. Uh, and that's it really. It's a never ending hellscape of the same people. Right. It's, it is like, um, boss level groundhog day. Oh, I think it's worse than that. I think it's like when Bowser dies and then comes back again, you got to beat three Bowsers and they're all three times bigger than the original Bowser. Uh, just, it's impossible. Yeah. 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 Welcome to one beer, one medication. (laughs) Welcome to. Episode two hundred and one. So it's been what six weeks, two months since we since the two hundredth episode. So uh, we recorded two hundred with Blake. I want to say March sixth. It was a Saturday. It was the first Atlanta United game because he and I both left the house to go to the game after that. Well, who won? Um, uh, Atlanta United won. Thank you very much. Oh, I thought you decimated um, the team. But they're well. They we did decimate the team, and I'm still mad about it. I'm a season ticket holder this year. Great, which is <laughs> and they sent me a survey, and they were like, "Who is your favorite current roster member?" And I was like, "Listen, I love all these guys, but none of these fucking guys. Like, my favorite guy is like LGP or Julian Gressel or Tito Vialba, and they're all gone." Um, so you said some things there that I didn't understand. LGP, uh, is that like, uh, um, large group Leandro, performance? Leandro, Leandro Gonzalez Perez. Um, he was a defender. He's an insane man. Uh, um, really? and he, he was my favorite person on the team. He was totally irresponsible and out of his gourd and I loved him to death and they shipped him off to somewhere South of here. Oh, um, well, honestly, he'd probably fit into Miami. Well, no further South from there. He's in oh. somewhere like. Oh, Mexico or back to South America. Oh man. Um, so yeah, I don't, that's been, it's been a couple months, maybe let's call it, let's call it two months, two months. So Tony and I are being socially responsible here. We are recording each separately from our house. We found some software. Tony found some software. We're looking at each other on zoom so we can read each other's faces. Uh, but we're recording on it on this thing. And yesterday, last night we were, we uh, interviewed, uh, VP of sales for this company named Beatbox. Uh, and we hope we didn't shit the bed too bad in the recording. Uh, so listen to Tony and I drink some good beverages from uh, Beatbox. Yeah. So in lieu of the sound of Russ opening something way too close to the mic, um, the beer this week will be uh, the interview that we're about to post. And a little bit of um, context around the interview. Uh, Jeff was fantastic. Um, the conversation was fantastic. We had some fairly major technical difficulties. <laughs> on That's funny. You're so sweet. <laughs> amongst two thirds of the attendees. Um, the volcano destroyed everyone you love. We had a minor technical difficulty. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> so what you're about to hear is um, just to, to tee things up here is um, we, we had all these designs on recording everyone on the, the remote podcast software and that didn't become an option or became not an option. And so what you're going to hear is basically I just clicked record on the Zoom meeting and crossed my fingers. Um, I gave a sl- small sampling of the audio last night or I got and, and I think it's going to be listenable, but it's not the same. And so uh, buckle up. Uh, this is, <laughs> this is uh, Jeff from Beatbox talking about his drinks. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll be back in a second. One, two, three. It's not going to work, but we'll, I'll, I'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll figure it out in post. Um, so I, um, the position of host is always open, right? Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Especially now, you know, I, I got, you know, I got nothing going on. This is going very poorly. Um, so but yeah, I, Jeff, I, Jeff, thank you. Thank you very much for your patience and, and joining us on all this. Not only is this our first remote episode, but it's the first, um, we're, we're going to add a third party interview, interviewee on top of it and just really make it as hard as possible for ourselves. Um, so yeah, we've got <laughs> Jeff from Beatbox here and I will, I will turn it over to Russ for a little background and intro. So Jeff, Tony, Tony, Jeff, uh, Tony, Jeff, and I went to high school. We were in the marching band together and, yes. uh, 
we were we we had pride. And then, um, but Jeff and I have stayed in touch over the years. Uh, he he actually plays tennis with my former spouse from time to time as her partner. So I mean, it's all good feelings and vibes. Jeff, tennis partner, just to clarify, tennis partner. Did I say sex partner? Did I? You said partner. Again? I partner oh, in general. Sorry. So, uh, anything? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Just never mind. We're gonna let that go. Um, <laughs> Jeff, I know Tony because we marched the UJ drumline together, but we weren't really friends in college. We didn't really become friends uh, until like just a few years, I guess, pre-kid because we were kind of living in, around each other and we started showing up with the same things, drinking beer, and then we became uh, brew partners and then we did this. So that's how, that's the introduction. So you guys Very can now cool. battle it out for, for uh, position of host. Go. Fantastic. So you um, win. Jeff, what is Beatbox. Well, first off, guys, really appreciate the opportunity to join you. And uh, Russ, it's, uh, God, we're getting freaking old, man. It's crazy. Um, so what is Beatbox? So Beatbox is the world's tastiest portable party punch. So actually, I think this is another first. I think I'm the first uh, wine-based product you've actually showcased on your podcast. So it's actually, it's, a, it's an orange-based wine. Um, and uh, it's... Remember back in college when you guys were on the drum line, you used to drink jungle juice or you used to drink hunch punch and uh, or you probably don't remember, do you? you I want to go back to orange-based wine. So this is wine? Yeah. Oranges? Yeah. So it's, it's a, more of a clear liquid. It drinks more like a spirit um, than it does an actual wine. So it makes a, a really good base uh, for our product. And there's several other products on the market to use an orange-based wine as well. Um, and uh yeah it's a so beatbox it's 11.1 percent it's extremely high alcohol um and it's a party punch um you know and it's uh oh, gotta get the phone to stand up here so uh, i love the packaging it's like yeah. uh thick paper cardboard-esque packaging it's like um what you would think of uh boxed water to be yeah so like there's there's brands out there like flow water right that is in it's what it's actually called it's called a tetra pack and it's 100 percent recyclable so there's a nice sustainability message uh you know to to our company um so the packaging is 100 percent recyclable and uh they're pretty potent like i said 11.1 percent each tetra pack um is basically the equivalent of four beers or three three and a half cocktails worth of alcohol inside each one of these tetras so that's why i told you guys to be real careful <laughs> <laughs> so just by by way of description, just to, to talk about the packaging a little bit more, these are, if you've ever seen the boxed water or, or actually the, the, probably the easiest way to describe it is when you buy um, like chicken stock in the yeah. cardboard container, and it, but it has the screw top on the top. It's like that, but the size of, you know, a pint plus an ounce. Um, right. I just, yeah. Uh, a lot of people also recognize it as like uh the the coconut water a lot of coconut water is yeah, sold yeah, yeah, in, yeah. in, in this package right and um and it, to your point um you know, soup uh but you know we um when we launched the brand back in early 2014 um we actually launched and the whole premise was around boxed wine so it actually was first launched in a five liter bag in a box concept like Franzia um, has their five liter bag in a box and our founders Justin Brad and Amy uh, we're going to school at UT in Austin where we're headquartered. All right, Jeff, Jeff, we're going to stop you there. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, uh, right. Yeah, we oh, got to go. Yeah. Also, right. <laughs> also you, you, UT is in Knoxville. The University of Texas is in Austin. There you go. Very good. And yes, I totally forgot. We've forgotten about that. Haven't we? For us, we, we, <laughs> sure, we, sure. we haven't put that behind us yet. Okay. That's fine. Welcome <laughs> <So>, horns. <laughs> so who was who's the target audience? It can't be two middle-aged dudes on a podcast. Um, we can't be your target market. Why? You don't like to party? You don't like to have a good time? You oh don't like God. to get together around a group of people, enjoy music? Come on, we're in the marching band. We love music. We go to music festivals. It's okay. all about the fun. And I'll tell you, I already had the red punch and it was delicious. It's gone. I think the, I think the definition of fun and partying has has evolved as we've gotten into our 40s um for sure but yeah so let's for sure let's get after this like so jeff i've got all five flavors here there's fruit punch tropical punch pink lemonade fresh watermelon and blue raspberry with two z's um, absolutely yeah so uh, where should i start well let's talk first about the flavors so we we like to call all of our flavors classic flavors with the kick so russ you started with the fruit punch so we can start there 
So, I mean, who didn't grow up drinking Hawaiian punch, right? And especially in college. So we were going right after that taste profile of, you know, the Hawaiian punch. And uh, so give that a shot and let me know what you think. What surprised me about it is it's not overly sweet. Right. It's, it does take like, like Hawaiian punch and there was no booze in it. Like that's the dangerous part of this is you're, you're hawking 11.1% beverage that doesn't smell like it and it doesn't taste like it. This is a dangerous product you're selling. <laughs> this, this smells like defined dangerous. This smells like red Kool-Aid from my youth. hundred percent. Yes. Like absolutely. And that's really what, you know, we were going after that, that Hawaiian punch. And, and like I said, the brand really evolved out of, you know, when they were going to school at, at University of Texas uh, and going to fraternity, going to fraternity parties and, uh, you know, seeing that um, the, the fraternities and stories are bringing box wine to these parties. And, you know, like most entrepreneurs, when they're trying to find a solution, they start out with the why, like why Franzia box wine? How come someone hasn't created a beverage for the next generation, um, you know, uh, a boxed wine beverage for the next generation. So they started really emptying out the bags of Franzia, filling it up with vodka, crystal light, and food coloring, and taking them back to parties to kind of test the theory that a high alcohol uh, bag in a box type concept would work. And uh, obviously, you can imagine that uh, did really well. Um, but learned very quickly that you couldn't commercialize a five liter bag in a box full of vodka. <laughs> so they switched to the orange based wine and uh, started off with one the flavor you just tried, the fruit punch and also blue raspberry was one of the, the first flavors. And, it's such uh, a simple idea of they went to a party and they saw wine in a box and they said, why can't we do this for cocktails or a cocktail like beverage? And it's, it's, I feel stupid and angry all of a sudden for not a thought of it, thought of it first. <laughs> Don't beat yourself up, man. So Jeff, what is your role with the company? You're executive vice president of sales, manufacturing, distribution, and logistics, <laughs> and and janitor, right? So okay. we're still a still a smart uh, startup company, um, you know, founded in 2014, and um, I joined the company three years ago as VP of sales, and uh, I've been very fortunate to build a very strong team um, and a really great distribution network across the country, and uh, we've taken the brand from predominantly being in about three to four states. Now we're in about 21 states and uh, we're launching, th we'll probably launch about four more states by the, uh, by the end of this year. Uh, we're making plans to go to Illinois and Wisconsin and um, our home state of Georgia, we launched in 2000 and uh, early 2018. Um, we re relaunched it with these Tetra packs and we're just, we're crushing it. We're in Quick Trip, we're in Kroger, uh, lots of independent accounts, independent convenience stores all across the state and uh, just can't thank our partners enough. Um, we're partnered up with United Distributors and Beverage South for the outstate market and they're just crushing it, getting a lot of distribution and we have a lot of fans out there. Um, so you asked about our target audience, I would say, you know, 21 to 35 <laughs> 21 is our floor that we don't want to go any you know, we're not going to target because you, you can't Canada. say 17 to 35 yeah. <laughs> 21 to 35, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep and uh you know we're uh it, what's what's great is we actually sponsor we won the sponsors of uh, magic music fest for uh, a couple of years in a row and it was really cool to see our brand at, at such a large music festival and uh we okay. were on okay so tony and i are suburban dads now so what what is that Imagine Music Fest. Oh, Imagine! I thought you said Magic Music Fest. I was okay, like, I heard of Magic. Imagine, yeah, no. I'm, I'm with you. Gotcha. Yep, yep. So it was down at Atlanta Motor Speedway, and uh, it was three days of. Um, Do you remember any of it, Jeff? Not much. <laughs> <laughs> not much. It was a good time. <laughs> I have moved so. on to Blue Raspberry. Oh, Blue okay. Raspberry. Yeah. So we were. So remember when you used to chase the ice cream man down the street for that uh, for that bomber pop, right? The red, uh, that, white, and blue one? The red, white, and blue. There he is. Yeah. So this one, we were going right after, you know, the taste profile, kind of the tip of that blue, that, that uh, red, white, and blue pop. Or, um, you know, a lot of times we, we like to say like that 7-Eleven slushy, the blue raspberry slushy. But I, I think we nailed it with this flavor. What do you think, Russ? I'll be honest with you. I didn't expect to like any of these. I, I know you didn't. I, I didn't. And, and I have to be completely honest with you. None of this... Uh, this is the second one. I am not turned off, and I actually like them. <laughs> Beautiful. I like it. So I have, I've, have a pretty um, uh, fluent familiarity with Blue Raspberry, uh, Blue Raspberry Kool-Aid, to be specific. Um, and we go. covered this, Russ, uh, on the episode with Sean uh, over the holidays. Um, my friends and I used to mix uh, Blue Raspberry Kool-Aid and Tang 
into a drink that Love turned it. green and we would call it green hell. Um, and we would get all hopped up on sugar from green hell. And so this, this <laughs> takes me back to, to those days. Cause they actually, I want to say, I can't remember. It was, it was blue raspberry and they discontinued it and came out with great blue Dini or the other way around. And I can't remember which is which, but it was either blue raspberry or great blue Dini that went into the green hell. This um, isn't looking good for your post-show host stats. You this, know, this, this brings back some nostalgia here. You know, just, I don't like overly sweet things, and these aren't overly sweet, and there's no hint of booze. This is, again, dangerous, but I like these. I was not planning on liking these. I'll tell you straight up, Jeff. I, I love you. I care for you. I will talk about your stuff, but I was not planning on actually liking the stuff you sent. I <laughs> look at this and went, this is hopped up, malt, whatever, alcohol. It's going to be super sugary, and it's not. And it, how many, how much sugar is in this? So there's seven grams of sugar per serving. Okay. 130 calories. And there's a hundred uh, servings in each box. There is not, there's only 3.4, but so gotcha. So if um, I drink 70 boxes, you're going to be dead. <laughs> All right, Tony, what flavor you want to do next? What, what's the best flavor? Well, so our number one selling flavor right now is actually Tropical, and we just launched Tropical, Tropical and I right. absolutely loved the taste profile. Remember what I said, we were we call our flavors classic flavors with a kick, and we all grew up drinking Capri Suns, right? Oh, this yeah. reminds me a lot of Capri Sun, or uh, there's a certain energy drink on the market that has a yellow can, and I used to drink a lot of it, so I love that taste profile, and it's it really what's really cool is you know the from an entrepreneurial perspective tropical was a flavor it's our new latest flavor innovation it was one that i was very fortunate to bring to the table and i got to actually help develop the flavor with the balance of our team and bring it to retail so it was really cool this is a new flavor we launched it about six months ago and it's doing extremely well it, it smells like a, grapefruit yes there is a hint on the back end of grapefruit bitterness that helps round it out. So it's not just one sweet note. There's actually some layers of flavor in there. Yeah. Looks like Sauvignon Blanc. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but you get, that, you get that kind of that adult, you know, a lot of people call us adult juice boxes, right? So you kind of get that yep. adult juice box, that Capri Sun taste to it. Yep. Um, and, you know, it's, it, you know, obviously you, we, you asked earlier about the demographic and I was talking about our festivals, but, you know, what a great festival play, right? Because you can have the cap and, you know, you can dance, have fun, put the cap on it. You're not spilling your drink and you put the cap back on it. And another, that's a great feature of the product too, with it being 3.4 servings per container. By the way, this retails for $3.99. So that's, uh, a, that's a lot of power for four bucks. Exactly. And uh, we just got word today that in July and August, Quick Trip's going to be running us two for seven. Kroger's running us three, three uh, Tetras for $10 right now um, in Kroger. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, a lot of bang for your buck. But that classic flavors with the kick, once again, you got the, you know, the Capri Sun. Um, Russ, I know you drink a lot of IPAs, too, um, when we met out. And, uh, you know, there's the pogs that are out there. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, it kind of has a little bit of that pog taste to it for me as well so i i slammed that one down because it was super delicious i mean, moved on to the pink lemonade and it effing tastes like pink lemonade country time lemonade that's what we were going after it, so it, it the strawberry the snozberries taste like snozberries <laughs> see my problem with this is that <clears throat> you know it's a three point three point four servings per box um and you know it's for all intents and purposes it's about the size of a pint of beer and I would slug it down at a festival just like I would slug down a pint of beer. And that's like, now you're slugging down barley wine, um, standing out in the sun. And then I'd be like, oh, my beer's empty. I need another one. And hey, like, you got to drink responsibly, man. I just, this, <laughs> this is danger. There's no, there's no, like, at least like if you're drinking a barley wine, you take a sip and it's just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. There's a lot going on here. This is really heavy. And it's really, there's fusel alcohols and like it's hot. There's no... This is like high fructose corn syrup. Like you drink it and I'm not saying that there's any of that in there, but you drink it and your body doesn't know. And it's just like, I want more. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, um, you know, I, I want to make sure that I call this out too. Um, I know that this isn't a video podcast, but I, I always freeze mine and they turn into a slushy because of the high alcohol. So I, I keep mine in the freezer so that if I want to take it, say to the Chattahoochee river, right. I want to go, um, your kid's soccer the hooch or my kid's soccer game. Right. I can actually take this, um, freeze it, and then 
um, there's little ice crystals that form in it uh, as it kind of thaws out and it makes for a, an absolutely great afternoon drink. My um, God. Yep. Congratulations so. on making a, a very addictive and potent product <laughs> that has well, no warning signs on it whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly appreciate that. So I'm okay. glad you guys like it. That's uh, I, um, you know, I was unsure. Yeah, that's I'm, great. I am delightfully surprised. Uh, let me ask you this: What are the plans? Like, what's the next flavor coming? So interestingly enough, we're going through uh, new product innovation testing right now, and I'll ask you guys uh, what some of the things that we're looking at. We're lo looking at a peach tea potentially. Yep, Snapple peach tea. Take me back in in a second. <laughs> All right, uh, or a, uh, just a regular peach or a mango tea. These are just some of the flavors that we're thinking, you know, tossing around. And, um, you know, obviously if you, if you have a certain flavor in mind, feel free to, you know, shoot me an email at Jeff, you know, what I, uh, .com or your whatever manager will be, will be thrilled to know you got your email address out there. Um, <laughs> if you can replicate, replicate the raspberry clearly Canadian from the nineties. Oh right. You know, something you're onto something there. I'm seeing, are you seeing that? I, I'm actually seeing clearly Canadian back out at retail. I think that's it is. Kroger. Yeah, they've, I don't know if it's the same company or somebody bought the rights. The sugar content is much higher than I remember. It's like 30 okay. grams in a bottle. Oof. Right. And I don't remember being that high, or at least I don't remember being that hyper when I'd pound one back. <laughs> right. I remember that crisp, clear, yes. bubbly refreshingness that, that from my youth. That's, that's a flavor I miss. You know, you, you mentioned sugar again, and I was just doing the math. If there's seven grams of sugar per serving, 3.4 servings, so 21, 20, 20, call it 25 grams of sugar in a whole box, like a, a Minute Maid can of lemonade is like 40 Loaded. grams of sugar. Yeah. Like, and, and, my, and my son is actually, he's seen me in the grocery store pull things off the shelf and flip, whip it over and like look at the ingredients or whatever that now he... He knows that if he wants to ask me to buy him something, he's got to look at the sugar first. And so now he knows the sugar content in all of these different beverages. Um, and that's part of the reason that I know that Minute Maid Lemonade has like 39, I think it's 39 or 40 grams of sugar. In a small 12 ounce can. In a 12 ounce can. And yeah, this, is, yeah. this is, you know, 50% bigger than that. Well, Amazing. Jeff's into making things, you know, bigger and less sugary. <laughs> I don't even know where to go with that. Neither do I. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, right. thank you for the product. Yeah, it, man, it is delicious. I, I, I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. I really appreciate the opportunity to showcase it. I'm looking forward to you know having one live with you when we get past these uh, uncertain times here with COVID. But uh, really appreciate it. And we, um, we want to really be part of the we want to be part of the peach tea launch. I like it. We'll do <laughs> it. Yeah, we'll do it live from Miami uh, when you fly us down the corporate jet. Uh, okay, and we'll, we'll do it live on stage. Uh, it'll be fine. It'll be 50, 60,000 people in the audience going, who the hell are these two old white guys? It'll be fine. I, I can't believe we made it through 25 minutes or whatever of a podcast where I didn't drop the fact that we were on Shark Tank in 2015. That might be the longest I've talked about the brand where I didn't talk about the fact that we have got a deal done with Mark Cuban on Shark Tank. So, so is he still one of your investors? He is. Yeah. His brother wow. sits on our board and uh, yeah, he definitely helps provide strategic direction and uh, yeah, he does a great job for us, man. That's awesome. That's very yeah. cool. Another so added to, insight. Had to drop that in there because I was like, man, I didn't even talk about Shark Tank. So, <laughs> well, so, eventually, yeah. eventually, you're going to get to the point where you don't, you don't have to. It's just like, eh, whatever. They, they helped us, you know, they did a series of funding, and then we've done the rest. Look, like, yeah. No, I mean, honestly, we we got through all of this, and it was good beverages. And it was good to talk about like the flavor profiles, how you came up with them, where you're going. The Shark Tank thing in your story really isn't that important anymore because the beverages stand for themselves. Oh, you know, kudos to our founders, kudos to our distributors, and thanks to all the people out there like, that enjoy the product and to you guys for having me on. So I, I don't want to hold you up. I know you got other stuff to talk about. Really appreciate the opportunity, though. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. Appreciate you. Thanks, Jeff. So I'm just going to go ahead and like recap that the beverages were really good. Uh, they're super dangerous. They taste like your youth, and they're super cheap. And they last... Uh, 90 if you days. Open it, put it in your fridge that like, we, I, I waited to ask him this question cause I didn't want to put him on a, like quality quality control spot, but open in your fridge, 90 days closed in your fridge, three years. So I, uh, we got done. I came downstairs and my quarantine, it, 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 I'm huddled up with here. I'm like, Hey guys, 
there, there's some punches you need to try. And they're like, Oh, great. And they just one of the, the there's, there's two people, the F and the D and, uh, F took a big old swing and went, Oh my God. I'm like, what? He was like, that's boozy. I'm like, no, no, it's cause you took a huge gulp thinking it was fruit punch. I take a sip and F went, Oh, that's delightful. That reminds me of Hawaiian punch. I'm like, exactly. Then D came home and she was like, Oh, let me try some of that. Oh, this reminds me of blah, blah, blah. This is delicious. I'm like 11%. She was like, Bleh. I was like, yeah, yeah. So they got, they got, they got into it pretty quick. Yeah. Same, same thing here. I went upstairs, and <laughs> like ran upstairs. I took the tropical one. I put the rest of the, the other four down here, ran upstairs to the tropical one. And I was like, honey, 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 you have to taste this thimble of juice. And she's like, what? sure. She's like doing crossword puzzles on the, on the couch. And our son is playing Fortnite on the other couch. And, uh, she's like kind of rolling her eyes, like fine, whatever. And she tastes it. And she's like, she's like, yeah, it tastes like, it tastes like fruit punch or whatever. And I was like, 11% alcohol. She was like, get out of my life. <laughs> oh, she was, she, did she uh, pull in a lame boozler? Uh, not a lame boozler, uh, lane Seinfeld Elaine and just slapped shit out of here. Had she been standing and not like I was standing behind the couch that she was sitting on. Um, but yeah, for sure. And so, yeah, there it's, it's, it's a very interest. It's a very interesting product and a very, an extremely dangerous product. Well, I think your internet just kind of crapped out the last 10 seconds. Cause you sounded like a track from Tron, but, um, I'm sure you said the something. Good news, the, the, the good news is that we are recording locally. So hopefully it was not, my internet was not registered. So I have thought about trying to adapt a new skill during this quarantine, learn something new and useful. And I was like, I could learn a language. And I was like, no, that's way too useful. So I started thinking about what skill I could learn during quarantine that people will care less about after this is all over. So I'm thinking about trying the Somali driveway test. curling. Driveway <laughs> curling? No, I was, I was thinking Somali A. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> I can't like, so remember when I took the BJCP exam twice? Yeah. Remember how annoying that was for the people around me? Yes. And in fact, I told you this will ruin beer for you. And it did. And so I quit. And now I don't brew beer or buy or, much beer anymore. Or, or judge beer. I buy this beer pretty much exclusively and that's it. Um, you held up a can to a camera for an audio podcast. Uh, it, uh, podcasting is a visual medium, as I learned from Holly Anderson. Uh, I held up a can of Tropicalia, uh, which is sometimes brewed by our good friend Blake, who was on the episode before this one, which we published 79 years ago. But like, no, actually, no, that, that's you, you definitely should become a sommelier um, because we need to record the whole thing and and how goddamn annoying you're going to be throughout all of it let's well, do it one of the problems with becoming friends with people at yona is that like all regular wine is now bullshit to me i go to the brave stadium or any type of bar establishment that's you know mid-level i'm like you guys got a good chardonnay they're like no i'm like let What's it be your best let's chardonnay? Just, hold on let's just register that you would go to the brave stadium and ask for a good chardonnay well yes because have you seen the beer selection it's all Miller Coors. Coors stuff. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just not, I don't want to support Miller Coors, so maybe I can support a winery. So can you tell me about your Merlot and the second baseman? Uh, can you? And and I, I went like three steps into the Chardonnay. I was like, this is garbage. The, the Millers have ruined shitty wine for me. You're like, I don't want to support uh, Miller Coors, so I'm going to support this craft winery, Robert Mondavi. And Associates. I, I, I mean, the, the, he should have a legal arm. That's it's too great of a name just for wine. Um, all right. So, what skill do you think? So, we've both done bread. We both made our fair share of breads during this. I, oh hell yeah! The first time I've ever done it. Really enjoyed the learning and the processes. But that makes me a more functional human being. What's another skill set you could learn during this time that's going to be less valuable afterwards? Learn and it's less valuable. Um, I am not even like I, I'm. I'm more focused on like existing skill debt. So like, <laughs> I'm literally sitting right now at my drum set because there's a table next to it, and I can put the laptop on it and talk into the microphone. 
I, I got my, brought my drums home. Um, I have microphones and a four preamp audio interface and the means to produce music and I haven't touched it at all. So you guys cleaned out your rehearsal space? Is that what's going on? I mean, it's it's the bass player's basement. Oh, and so okay. when all of this started, I was like, you know, we, we could be in this thing for a minute. So I'm going to come over and get my drums. And and he, he didn't even come in. So I walked, had to go around the side of the house into the back of the basement. And he Good. didn't come downstairs while Good. I was doing it. It was very extremely safe. Um, and I brought it all home and set it all up and, and then set my old drums up across from mine, um, and bought a new throne and a new kick pedal so that Matias could play along with me. And we've done that a couple times, but just laying down like a basic rock, just a super super basic, like let's, this is how all four limbs have to work together kind of thing. You're a marionette without strings. Actually, it's three limbs. Like your your hi hat foot is not doing anything at this point, um, and so he enjoys it while he's doing it. But it's not a thing that he wants to like come down and do every day. Mm. Uh, but that's that's my big. Um, I'm not going to try to teach myself a language or something else, uh, or become a sommelier if I'm not even like keeping up my basic drum skills. That's like I need to start there. So yeah. Yeah, you just reminded me how little I've played my horn during this. I did, I've done two recording sessions from my house, um, and I'm waiting on the next project, and that's what's keeping me going. I'm like, oh, no, 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 I'll practice when I have the next project. No, I should be touching it every day, um, and I'm not. Yeah. Well, speaking of music. Uh, oh, right. We have one song to do. It would be a disservice to the title of this show if we did not listen to a song. Um, and there's it's actually kind of a good time to be a music fan. Cause people are like kicking out all the music that they recorded last year and early this year. I'm going to say something really weird. Jimmy Fallon and the roots put out a kick-ass cover of under pressure with pots and pans. I'm sure they did. It was, uh, and I, I don't know who's doing the orchestral arrangements of pots and pans and who's sourcing like, okay, who's got the Calphalon lid from the seventies and all that kind of stuff. But whoever, the the ears that put all the little pieces together was fantastic. That's amazing. The thing that I the, that I would like people to understand is that those recordings do not happen on Zoom or Google or Uber conference oh, or anything. No, no, they are they are all recording the video and audio locally, and then some maestro is stitching it all together and making it amazing. Yep. Um, but to their credit, they've done those all in the same room to pop songs, and I mean. Oh, for sure. Yeah, they can do it live. They can absolutely do it live. Um, I just like when people are like, oh, look at this amazing stuff that Jimmy and the Roots did over Zoom. It's like, that's not on Zoom. No, no, not on Zoom. Just because it looks like um, the Brady Bunch and they're looking at each other across the things doesn't mean that's how it's done. So um, for a song um, and we can we can get right to it. Uh, There's not I mean, there's a lot coming out right now. there's a lot for us to get to in subsequent episodes. I would like to start with um, a song that came out about a month ago, April 14th, um, by John K. Sampson. And we have done John K. Sampson previously, um, like several years ago. Um, and this song, he just released as a single, and all of the proceeds go to fund libraries. Um, he's from, he's originally from Winnipeg, Manitoba, and I don't know if he's still in Winnipeg. What do you mean fund libraries? So like the money that Spotify gives them for the song, they're going to give to libraries. Okay. In their local area. Okay. I don't know, man. Like it just, it says fund our libraries at the top. Okay. I'm, listen, I, don't get me wrong. This is bad journalism. I'm just reading. <laughs> I am reading the album cover. It libraries could be could be like um, like ki- like yes, kill shelters. Like I, I don't know. Sure, like, I don't. Sure, yeah. Sure. Okay. But he released a song uh, in mid-April called "Millennium for All," and um, Brett, uh, they did it on, I guess on Epitaph Records, because Brett Gerwitz um, of Bad Religion, who runs Epitaph, tweeted about it, and I saw it, and I was like, oh shit, there's a new John K. Sampson song. Um, 
and I went and listened to it. And at the time, I found it to be beautiful. Um, I haven't gone back in several weeks, but um, that's well, let's give it a listen. So this is uh, John K. Sampson, um, Millennium for All. This is where we come up with a larger plan. This is where we study for the nurse exam. This is where we spend a part of every day Thinking in a language that they tried to take away This is where the sad lamp on the second floor Leads us through a winter afternoon Here is a branch where we sing out the call libraries uh i had listened to the song before but russ and i just um shared the experience of watching the youtube video together which is great you should go look it up john k samson that's s-a-m-s-o-n no p uh millennium for all it's literally about one library um the millennium library in winnipeg uh which i guess has fallen on hard times well so, not just that it, it, it millennium for us millennium for all campaign demands the removing of security screenings uh fund and house community supports um consult to meet the needs of marginalized communities and support frontline workers uh so it's not just about a library i think millennial library might be a bigger institution than, than just what you and i might think of as a public library but if they're doing security screenings Ahead, they're obviously trying to keep out some riffraff uh, that might need access to that for job searches or improving themselves. Who knows? Yeah, I mean that's yeah. So I, I don't, I don't clearly, I don't know how libraries work, which is a shame because I love libraries um, and I should, I should know more. You know, my uh, mom ran libraries. I, she was a uh, like a library lord. Like a library she, magnate? She preferred media specialist. She has a higher education degree in the science of this. Library um, sciences? Uh, but she, she's, a, uh, she's very proud of it, and I'm proud of her. Uh, but she was, before she had kids, she was a librarian. 
that was, I forget what her undergrad degree was, but, uh, after she had kids, uh, she went back to school and, uh, got her uh, master's in library or media sciences, I think is what it was. And so now she's a media specialist. Um, and then she ran, uh, two libraries in the East Cobb area for many, many years. Was she a sexy librarian? Wow. I will tell you, it is not often that someone can get me to shut the fuck up. That was, that was amazing. Uh, only on Halloween would be my answer. If I could go back in time, only sure, on yeah, Halloween. Of course. <laughs> she just had her hip replaced. So I don't think she qualifies for that right now. Um, was it a sexy hip replacement? Well, according to two of the nurses in the room, it sure as hell was. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. Wow. Normally we talk about your mom. I, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Kitties do. So. <laughs> well, you know what? I, I just, I love this song. It came out of left field. Like I said, Brett Gerwitz tweeted about it and I was like, oh shit, John K. Sampson had a new song and I listened to it and like just kind of melted into my chair without seeing the video and the video is fantastic. Um, so yeah, it just I there's a it. um the the orchestration, the timber uh, of and, and tone of some of the instruments used is really delightful, and it's something you only get with the headphones experience. But like the bass gets to rattle around a little bit, uh, the snare is a little open. It's definitely a um it's a wait for the bass song because like yeah. the full bass doesn't come in until like you know a full minute in. Mm-hmm. That good. was good like and it. tasty, and I think I like supporting things. Speaking of supporting things. Tony, this is a weird time, man. Uh, so me and my quarantine, we try to, to buy local and support the independent places. We've been shopping at Monday Night Brewing, like going through their drive-through, getting some specials and stuff like that, trying to support uh, local bottle shops and stuff like that. What, what about you? So we are very, very lucky to be within the um, Mustn Turner's MTH Pizza Blast Zone. So we can get MTH That's Pizza. That's not what they're calling it. That's is- delivery zone that's better <laughs> so we can get mth pizza delivered which oh, is you amazing awful human and we also have done a couple of their um uh well we did the um not the mother's day one um it was the easter the easter meal kit we did we've done a couple ramen kits which are just incredible like you get the they they make the broth and then they portion it out and then they refrigerate it and when you open up the refrigerated broth it is just coagulated fat like that you have to melt into a broth it's and the kids slurp it up like it's it's incredible so i remember going there about a year ago specifically for ramen night and i grabbed bella i said bella this broth is so sexy it's so smooth so sexy it's amazing she goes it better be we've been working on it since tuesday and i was like yeah. Holy shit. I was eating it on Sunday and they've been working on the broth since Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, and they've started doing bagels, uh, which we haven't done yet. Um, uh, what else? Uh, we've, we've tried to support like, like kind of all the local, there's a local bar and grill and I, I'm not going to name them because I'm going to talk some shit, but like we, we go there almost every Friday, probably for the last 12 years. And we were like trying to figure out, you know, how to like, like, who should we support? And I was like, Oh, we'll support them. So we called up, ordered some food and I went up there. This was a week ago. So that would have been May, like May 8th or 9th. Um, and walked in and the dining room side was closed. All the chairs are on the tables, all the lights were off, whatever. The bar was open. Uh, Not a mask to be seen. I mean, how do you and support that? I I'm not going to anymore, unfortunately. Um, and I don't, I don't fault the restaurant owner who I know personally and who has, who, who we have known personally since before Matthias was born. So like he's, he's watched Matthias go from travel so system go. to 10 year old. Um, and I love that dude. And I gave him a $20 tip on, you know, two burgers and some chicken fingers. Um, but like I, he had the bar stools set six feet apart and people were sitting in each of them, but people were standing in between them. Uh, and like, there was a four top, like it's just, it was a, and I had a mask on and everybody's giving me the side eye for wearing a mask. And I was like, Oh, I, I see what I have wandered into now. I'm not coming back here. 
like? So I ventured out uh, two days ago uh, to the battery. I've been exploring different places to walk. I've been going a lot of long walks, uh, sometimes with uh, earbuds and podcasts, sometimes with a delightful other human. And I, we wandered over to the battery and it wasn't crowded, but it was hard to keep a six foot distance from everybody. Um, and we had masks and no one else did for the most part. And that was a little wary. So we walked up to Einstein's. It was our first meal out. It, it, it had been my first meal. Out. And I was like, can we order from you to go? She's like, and that worker was masked up. She's like, here's our limited menu. Here's our touchless procedures. I'm like, I feel really good about this. I, I had a black bean burger because, you know, I had to stay on brand. Um, and, uh, and a Bloody Mary. What's, what's the grossest nutritional thing you have? Cauliflower. I say that, but black bean burgers are delicious, so sorry. This one was really good, too. It wasn't dry, and that's my biggest complaint with bean burgers is that they're typically dry. Um, but this was uh, – we had, we had a great time and then had two Bloody Marys and walked around the battery where there was no one. Uh, and so it was a great walking space, and the few people we did come across were, were like opposite magnets, like just repelling each other in distance. It was great. Um, so that was a nice place to get some exercise and, and stretch our legs. That's great. Yeah. All right. Well, I feel like this has been um, relatively successful. Uh, it's going to be a rather Herculean editing effort, uh, relatively speaking. For so me. do I tell you I love yeah, you I now or I tell you I love you after you've done the work? I, I, I apologize for the work you're going to have to do. Listen, I need constant affirmation. I'm an extrovert. So I, I, I love you. Um, I love you you're, too. You're going to do great. I, I have faith in you. <laughs> Uh, my view for this podcast thing doesn't change. It's like looking at you across the table. Uh, there's the tapestry to the right. Your your uh, muscle headed uh, cut out behind you. Uh, this is normal for me. But you you're singing to my home. Uh, I, all I see is a recliner with a blanket on it and some like a some some pictures behind you that aren't yours. That's absolutely correct. I'm faking this all for you. You broke into that house to just to record a podcast. They have great Wi-Fi here. So I was like, I got to get in there. <laughs> All right. Well, let's do this again, provided that it, it actually works out. Uh, All right. But, you know, I think this has been great. All right. Love you. Bye. Bye.